You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number nine. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for this podcast today. Oh, I have a very special guest who I love dearly. Her name is Lisa Canning, and we're going to talk about how to stop drinking during the week using my delay and pray method of spiritual fasting. So as you all know, I'm a Catholic weight loss coach, and I help Catholics stop overeating and overdrinking through spiritual fasting. And I want you to know that not all my clients overdrink or even drink at all, but those that do they just want to drink less, especially during the week. And they want to delay sugar flour and alcohol all the way to Sunday. And for some of us, including me, this is not easy. So I talk about overeating quite a bit. And today I will focus on that delay of alcohol in my discussion with Lisa. So my typical client who drinks consumes about one or two alcoholic drinks, either nightly or just a few nights a week, or even drinks a few more drinks than they want to on a Friday night. So my program is for Catholics who moderately drink and they want to drink less, especially during the week or stop drinking altogether. Um, like even through like an entire penitential season, like Lent. So Anyway, this is done usually for weight loss, health, and spiritual detachment reasons. So I just want you to know that the Delay and Pray program is not for alcoholics or those Catholics that need an addiction recovery program. So that being said, let me tell you a bit about my background with my friend Lisa. I met Lisa when we were in Metnoia Catholic Coaching School, and I just found her to be a powerhouse of energy for those of you who know her. She is a businesswoman, a mother of nine children, and a devout Catholic, and she is just filled with abundant joy and inspiration. So last year, we were both certified, and I was looking for someone to help me get my business jump started, especially in that Catholic world. And my own business coach at the time, Matt Ingold, he suggested her name. So we connected and I hired her and her team for a few months and it was so helpful. It was a fabulous experience and a very unique one at that. And this is why. As she was coaching me hard on everything that was needed to get my business off the ground, Lisa was actually studying my course. Of course, she had to help me get going and she needed to know my material. And she was actually applying all of it to her life as well. So both in the overeating area, as well as the delay of alcohol to Sundays for a spiritual purpose. And she found this fascinating. At one time, delaying alcohol was a personal challenge for me as well, and still can be on Friday nights. And it was the same for Lisa. So I ended up coaching her on this, especially while on date nights with her husband. Well, I'll let her tell her story and discuss the journey about delaying alcohol and the reasons why we reach for that nightly wine and just how to kick the habit for good. Even if life takes a few crazy turns and you relapse, you just begin again where you left off and you get right back on it until you're successful in delaying it for the entire week until Sundays. It's possible. 
Lisa's going to tell you all about it. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Lisa Canning and let her introduce herself and get into the discussion. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Beth Bubick. There is no one in the world like Beth Bubick. It, honestly, it was such a pleasure to work with you last year, and it has been a delight to watch you just share your message so boldly with the world. The entire world needs it. The Catholic world really needs it. But it, it it's just, it really, it was such a pleasure to work with you. I love helping people launch. I have a background in interior design, which then brought me onto an HGTV show, which then launched my interior design and television career. And as I had many, 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 many children <laughs> during this time, people started to care more about how I design my life than how I design my homes. And so that is how I became a Catholic life coach and a Catholic business coach and how you and I, Beth, got to become such good friends and how I got to learn your delay and pray method. Honestly, it was a delight to help you grow your business, but truly I benefited from this completely different approach to looking at dieting, looking at limiting how I ate and drank and truly, your program is, is just, it's a life-changing, it sounds so cliche, like when I coach clients on marketing, I'm like, yes, it's going to change their life, but make sure we mention exactly how and all the things, because life-changing just sounds so, you know, fluffy and whatnot. But it, it when you understand, well, first of all, I've struggled with weight, basically, my entire motherhood life, I would say. Well, yes, you can't have 10 children and not struggle somehow with that. In the beginning years, it was very easy. Like all the kids I had in my 20s, so I have 10 children, one in heaven, nine on earth. In the my 20s having children, I'll be honest, that was a little bit of a piece of cake. I think my metabolism was still very, um, I don't know, energetic, let's call it. <laughs> it was high. Yeah. <laughs> and so I could have a baby and then a few weeks later, kind of looked like I didn't have one. But then as I got older, I noticed with every single pregnancy, it just got more and more difficult to lose that weight again. And I would start every pregnancy heavier than the prior one. Like every time I just kept getting higher. And I remember hitting a bit of a wall at one point and just being like, that's it. Like hands up in the air, just like, that's it. Who cares? I, like I'm kind of, I'm done. Like very like this sort of posture of resignation and yeah. not in a good way. Um, and I had tried so many things over the years. I had tried all the like fancy apps. I had tried getting a personal trainer. I had tried, uh, I, to be honest, I only worked with the nutritionist twice in like my yeah. 13 years of motherhood. Um, but not really long-term. So not, maybe I didn't try everything, but I tried a lot of things and nothing helped me lose weight and change my life at the same time, like your delay and pray. Yeah. And it's because um, it's really about emotional behavior and over drinking and overeating really does equal underfeeling. And it's about setting an emotional goal as well as like a weight loss goal, a spiritual fasting goal, and knowing that, you know, it's really in our thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings. And so what are we thinking? And a lot of times it's just, I want it. 
Isn't that funny? Sometimes it's just, I want that. And why do we want it? And that's, that's what we have to figure out, right? For me, I did not realize, well, there are two things that I realized over the years. Number one, that I celebrate with food. This is definitely a big part of my Filipino upbringing. This is definitely a big part of just the culture of celebration that was a beautiful part of my growing up, right? It was almost offensive if you didn't eat at a party or it was almost offensive if you didn't have like the birthday cake or whatever. And so I learned it from a very, very young age that we celebrate with food. For example, if I would have like a great business, um, you know, triumph, it would be like right away, where are we going for dinner? Or if one of my kids even had like a big thing that they accomplished, it would be like, oh my gosh, we need to go celebrate with cake. Like it was a reflexive part of my life. And then my adulthood, my family culture, yeah, um, it was totally reflexive. I had no idea I was doing that. So that was a really interesting thing. And then of course, the part that I think everyone can relate to, I was 100% comforting myself with food and alcohol. And that has been the biggest game changer to just simply diversify the way I handle stress, diversify the way I handle comfort. That has made all the difference. Yeah. So you say I diversify rest and I just love that. I I think that was one of the things when we worked together, you had said to me, I learned to diversify my rest. So that is exactly what we're trying to do is, is diversify. Why do we drink, you know, the alcohol, what's happening there? Are we looking for connection? Are we looking for relief? Are we looking for rest? And do we have to drink to do that? Or do we have to eat to do that? Because really in our culture, whether you're Filipino or not, I mean, I'm, I mean, we have always in our family, big Catholic family, we celebrated with drinking and with eating and it was all about the food and the alcohol, right? Um, So I had to kind of look inside myself as well and be like, you know, this is very interesting. All of those are God's gifts, but is, is this what I want to do? you know, with my, with my mind, with my body and with my soul. Right. So it's almost like a disordered desire after a while. And we know what, what I taught you in the course was that when we have large amounts of sugar, flour, and even a small amount of alcohol, like every night and repeat it in a pattern that it actually does drive over desire. And then that over desire drives the over hunger for it. And then that over hunger drives just over consuming or overeating it, you know, uh, on a, it could be a daily basis. It could be a weekly basis. And then you're wondering why you can't stop. And so that it's the whole biology as well as the dopamine hits that you're getting, you know, from the alcohol and the food. And then, um, theologically, maybe we're not thinking about that part at all. Like, is this really for my greatest good Hmm. is, is drinking the drink on the Tuesday night really for my highest good? Is it really what I want to do? Or, is it dulling my intellect a little bit so that I can't really reason out what I really want to do in the case of alcohol? So tell me a little bit about your experience during the week and you have a date night with your husband. Um, This is when you were in Florida. And just tell me a little bit about that and what you decided to do. Yeah, I was drinking almost every single evening. One glass of wine typically, like, and, and a glass of wine for me is like, 
a quarter of a glass. Like, that's what I call a glass of wine. I, 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 my body, for whatever reason, cannot handle that much alcohol. Like, I, I, I get very red in the face. And, and so I really can only tolerate small amounts. And it was every single night, and it was looking for relief, and it was looking for a chance to relax. Yeah. Those mothers who are listening, I am sure you understand. You know, I'm putting nine kids to bed, some of which are agreeable and some of which are really not. And so every single night, it would be like a reward. And in fact, in my brain, I used it as a reward. I would be like, okay, just one more, you know, tuck one more little like story, one more little cuddle, and then you can go and have that glass of wine that you're waiting for. And this just became every single evening. And I, there was a time when I did not think it would be possible to not have that at the end of the day. Like I literally was like, there is no way I do not choose that. I, I'm just like, there is no way. I look forward to this way too much. I look forward to the relief and the comfort it provides me way too much. There's no way. Then of course I start working with Beth and I'm like, alrighty, let's give this a chance and see what we can do. And I'm going to be honest, when I first decided to delay my alcohol intake to Sundays, and then I, I gave myself a midweek like little treat. So I, I decided Wednesdays and Sundays are going to be my days. In the beginning, like the first day, I remember just being like, this is the worst idea I have ever made. Like I, I, had, <laughs> I had literal like ghosting. I was ghosting for So I was sitting there with my husband. He was drinking his glass of wine and I was ghosting for mine. I just kept putting my hand out reflexively to go and have mine. And it was impossible. I remember thinking, there's no way. This isn't going to last tomorrow. And then Tuesday, kind of similar, and so on and so forth. It took a while. But then I had I stuck to the protocol that I had set. I followed the things that you teach. I started praying in the moment. I started doing all the things that you teach. And then it became a lot easier. And I don't even want to say easier. It became fulfilling. And it became like, wait a minute. I thought I couldn't do this. I thought there was no way I could electively not consume alcohol to handle stress and look for relief. I wonder what other things in my life I have been telling myself I cannot do. Yes. And that put my brain on a total, like, adventure. Just total adventure. Yeah. And and it was phenomenal, the results. But I do want to share that I kept that up for a while and then found out I was pregnant. And so, of course, stopped drinking altogether. And then, unfortunately, we miscarried that baby. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. The stress of that miscarriage. And for those of you who have never been through a miscarriage, I have never been through a miscarriage. So for I had nine healthy pregnancies to my knowledge. I've never miscarried a baby. And then miscarried this baby. It, it is like truly something you cannot explain. It really is one of those things that yeah. unless you've gone through it, there's this grief and a sadness. Even I'm still tearing up talking about it. It's, it's still a very tender, tender place for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went right back to alcohol as my main sure source you did. of comfort. And again, it was just like one or two glasses nightly, but it was 100% to calm down. It was 100% to relieve stress. So Lisa, while you're talking about that, I just want you to know that your brain is working normally because 
alcohol is kind of different than sugar and flour. So alcohol, it has been explained when your life feels like a truck going downhill, it, life is going very fast. Then when we actually drink the alcohol, you're basically riding the brakes on that truck. Mm. It, it's a depressant. So it's slowing you down. But it's also, your brain is also releasing stimulants to actually counteract the depressant, like adrenaline and cortisol. And, you know, the body, I mean, this is what, you have a neural pathway that says, listen, life is going fast. Let's have a drink. Oh, drink feels good. You get a you get a bodily response of relaxation. You also get a neurological response of a dopamine hit. So you're getting the kind of the the two for one right there, right? And you know, you're you're just setting a pattern. It is a neural pathway. And the body says, wow, this feels really good. So let's do it again tomorrow night. Because your body wants that path of least resistance. And so it is in the, it's it's the thought work and the delay that's going to take us out of that. But the one thing that we have to all realize too is even the thought of I need a drink or I want it, it actually, your brain is responding. Yep. That's what we're going to do even before we drink. So that is where all day long I'll say to myself, like on Friday nights, I delay alcohol until Sundays. I am a person who delays alcohol until Sundays. I delay alcohol until Sundays. And my brain's like, oh, is that what we're doing? It's, it's almost like a second person's in there, right? <laughs> and it's like, yep, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And then what's funny is I can feel that response is tamped down. And then when Friday night comes, just like last Friday night, and I had a bunch of people over, they were drinking. I was having my Pellegrino. I was also eating salmon. Um, and they were eating pizza. Some people were eating salmon with me. And it just gets easier and easier. Although I had to fail my way to success, just like you did. You were doing great. And then you had a life experience. It was very heavy. And it was very stressful and very sad. And the neural pathway came back up again saying, hey, remember? Remember? Just a drink. It'll it'll slow your life down. We'll just, we'll just tap the brakes a little bit on it. And the whole thing is, is kind of what you were saying before is we have to ask ourselves, you know, why am I drinking? And this is, this was my final thing. This was my, this is what got me to the delay to Sunday. I had to ask myself, why am I applying the brakes to my sweet life? What is it that I need these breaks to these evenings and this sweet life this opportunity that God has given me to do my mission for him and to show up without the wine. And, and, and then when I got it down, that's when I started creating amazing things because I was like, okay, what can I do? What else, what else can I do? What can I do in place of this? <laughs> like, it was like, I, I had to go on an adventure at first to try to figure out how to denature that neural pathway. Um, so so tell me now where you are. So the challenge was when I started consuming alcohol like that again to find relief, I then, of course, opened myself back up to all kinds of other habits again. So then it was like, oh, potato chips, no big deal, just a little bit. Oh, all these other things that just biologically in my body, like I've learned this over time, my body does not respond well to carbohydrates in large amounts. Like it just does not. I don't, I, I have been on the borderline of gestational diabetes. That is most people, by the way, Lisa, most that's most people. people. Exactly. And so 
I started all those habits again that I just know are really not good for my body. And then I just was like, alrighty, it is time to take, you know, new page in this lovely book. It's time to embrace, not put the brakes on my, on my life. And I started the laying and praying again. It is now exactly a week. So today is exactly one weekend. And here's what I want to, I want to share with you again, the first, like the first day was difficult but then the second day really wasn't like it was funny. I was actually quite surprised at how quickly it kind of all came back. And to the point where yesterday was Sunday and I ate carbs that I typically would not have. What did I eat yesterday? Oh, I had macaroni and cheese. That was so delicious. Um, I had macaroni and cheese, but I had no wine in my house. And I remember thinking all day, oh, it's Sunday. Like, you should go grab some wine. Like, it's Sunday. And honestly, Beth, like, I didn't even think about it. Like, dinner time came and went. And I was like, oh, I didn't drink wine today, nor did I feel like I needed it. So I – it just – it's it's so interesting. The one thing I will say is that what has been so helpful is planning. One of the things you teach in Delay and Pray is just like you have a beautiful workbook that allows people to plan their meals. Uh, the week prior to starting Delay and Pray, I was like, I'm starting Delay and Pray. But I didn't know planning, like zero planning. Like I didn't think about what groceries do I need in my house? Like what am I eating every day of the week? I, I did literally zero planning. And of course, what happened? It didn't work because I, I honestly just didn't have the food on hand to ensure that I had enough calories and all the things. And so um, once I did the planning, it was like, oh, this is actually pretty easy. Like salmon, just FYI, salmon is so much more filling, nutritious, satiating, all the things than any bag of potato chips like will ever be. And so uh, just as soon as I filled my house, filled my fridge with the appropriate things, um, it actually was pretty simple. I am still navigating... We do a date night. We do a very short date night on Mondays. And when we were living in Florida, we were in Florida for three years in beautiful Ave Maria, Florida. We still have our residence there. Uh, And we decided to do an extended period here in Canada. We had always intended to be back and forth a lot more. Like, really, we had intended to um, have a life, to be very honest. Like, not quite snowbird, but, like, a lot of adventure. When we moved to Florida, a lot of that was... um, I remember having on a, like a a dream board residences in multiple cities. And when the pandemic hit, of course, that put a big fat clincher on our travel plans and this sense of adventure. And so we just really were like, it's time. Like we have not seen my family in three years. My parents and my husband's parents have not met two two grandchildren, right? Um, You know, at time of this recording, people have to understand the border between Canada and the U.S. was always a little bit tenuous in terms of like, what are you allowed to do? Are people going to be allowed to cross? Do you have to um, do you have to um, quarantine? Like there was a time in Canada where there were mandatory hotel quarantines. Like it it just like so there were many reasons why we were just like, okay, this is clearly not the time. And so we're back in Canada um, for an extended period. And so we're kind of figuring out now, like, how are we doing our date nights? Our Mondays are pretty, um, our short little date night that we do on Mondays will, will continue. But all this to say, I'm trying to navigate, will I do a midweek break 
from my delaying, like, will I do a, like a Wednesday, like I did in Florida. Uh, so we're still navigating that, but it's been one full week of no alcohol. And, uh, now that I'm sitting here talking so about let it, me, <laughs> I know. So let me ask you, Lisa, let me ask you a question. Yes. So what is it? Why do you think you need the Wednesday night drink? With your is it with your husband? Yes. Yeah, so Wait, like, when's the date night? Okay. So we're just we're trying to figure out what day of the week we will go. Okay. Let's say it's night. Wednesday. Let's mm-hmm. say, let's just say it's Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. what is what is it? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts about a date night plus alcohol? I really enjoy cocktails. Yeah. I enjoy like, but I'm talking like a beautifully crafted cocktail. So like, so when you say, so when you say the thought. I really enjoy a beautifully crafted cocktail. What kind of feeling does that give you? Excitement. Yeah. And so what kind of action is going to lead from the excitement? Fun. Like all kinds of fun. Like drinking? Yes. Yes. So you can see, thinking the thought, I just love beautifully crafted cocktails is going to lead to a drink. So there you go. 100%. (laughs) What do you want me to think instead? You tell me. You tell me. It's interesting. So my brain immediately. So went. what if you said? So so give me a just give me a quick like like how about listen, date nights are for my husband. I can fully be present with him. You you have to play around with all of the thoughts. Like I delay alcohol until Sundays, and that's when my husband and I toast our beautifully crafted cocktail. I think, I think this is, and okay. So again, I really want people to hear this. This is where planning becomes so important because planning my, is important. Absolutely. My, my brain went to, you can't make as good a cocktail as the guy at the bar that you really like. Right now. Is that entirely true? It might be true right now, but what if I could Wait, learn? What was that thought? You can make I, us. I cannot make as good, so for example, the, co- oh. the cocktail I am currently craving is called a Mexican mojito. And can you get that on Sunday? I would have to go out to do that. And on Sundays, I typically spend the day with my family. So this is what I mean about planning. It's like mm-hmm. my brain my brain immediately went to, I can't make it as good as the guy at the bar that I visited. But then my yeah. brain went to... All it is is adding a jalapeno. Like, like literally, like, so, like. Yeah. So my question to you is, so what? Yeah. I can learn. To be honest, the thought I had was I can learn how to make an incredible craft cocktail. And that is, that can wait, be wait, entirely wait. true. On, on Sundays. On Sundays, yeah. And so what's funny is you may not believe it right away, but if you think it over and over again. I have a beautifully crafted cocktail on Sunday. I have a beautifully crafted cocktail on Sunday. I delay alcohol till Sunday. Pretty soon you'll be having your cocktail on Sunday. And then pretty soon you won't even need it. It's like, that's a secret. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Don't tell anyone, Lisa, that the delay part is, is like a hack for your brain because pretty soon as you delay the sugar and the flour alcohol, you don't want any of it on Sunday and you learn to celebrate in such various, most amazing ways that your body's like, nah, I'll just have salmon in a Pellegrino. But until then, we're on a slow trajectory to a sainthood, right? To sainthood. So we just do the brain hack so it doesn't get scared and ask us, wait, wait, are you, are you serious? You're, you're telling me no alcohol? No, no. And then all of a sudden you want it, right? So you are on the perfect path. 
where, perfect path. Like where this gets so interesting is, of course, this has health benefits. This has weight loss benefits. This has all kinds of other benefits. This has temperance benefits, virtue benefits, obviously. But where my brain immediately goes is, what else did I not think was possible? In yeah, my what life, is possible? In my business. And it's the same thing. It's like the th- what I've noticed in business as a result of learning Delay and Pray is the things that I thought I was just too afraid to do would require too much stress, would require too much this, too much that, like all kinds of thoughts around all the things. I can't do blank. I can't coach this person, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, you apply the same thing. It's like, it's like, well, of course, if you think that, it's going to lead you to that. So what else can we think? And when you have, it's like, it's almost like, um, it's almost like you take a hose and you start turning it on. Right. So like, okay, I can delay my alcohol till Sunday. And then you have a little bit of evidence of that. So you've kind of like turned on the hose a little bit, but then when you start to see like, oh wow, like what if I don't even, I don't need my midweek drink or I don't need, I don't even need it on Sundays. You start to just like really like open up the capacities and capabilities and possibilities in your life. And that is what I find the most interesting. Like, will I forever be grateful that I'm now on a different health journey? Absolutely. But truly when you show your brain what is possible that you didn't think was possible, it's just, you. it's like limitless now. It's like, well, what else did I not think was possible? That may actually it's be true. very possible. Yeah, it's true. When um we were talking last year, I, 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 I was like, you have that book called The Possibility Mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're all possibility moms. We are all possibility moms. I mean, the possibilities are endless, but it's not easy. You have to, you have to work at it and you have to plan. Cause if you, if you say, okay, Sunday, I can drink alcohol. I'm delaying my alcohol from Fridays to Sunday, or I, I delay alcohol till Sunday. And by the way, everyone, Saturday night is included with Sunday. So Saturday night after mass is included with Sunday. And, um, that is like the vigil of Sunday. So you can have a couple drinks, but here's the thing. If I don't plan, I'm going to have two white claws or hard seltzers or a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. Right now I have one glass of wine with dinner on Sunday night if I want it. Um, but if I don't plan that, I may have a couple like I may have two or three because when you, when you're learning to feast on Sundays in celebration of the Eucharist and the resurrection feasting for all of us, when we normalize, because we're just, just because we're, you know, creatures of the culture, we'll be like, woohoo, let's have two bottles or, you know, let's have way more than we want. And then you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? It's not binging. It's just that you didn't give yourself a limit. You, you really didn't write it down and say, this is what I'm going to eat on Sunday and I'm going to have one glass of wine. So therefore, if you put that down and then you end up having like a bottle of wine, then you can look back and you can actually evaluate your plan and evaluate yourself. That's very interesting with curiosity and compassion. I wonder why I felt the need. What was I thinking when I actually had several glasses of wine? That's where the that's where the healing is because that's when you have to ask yourself that's very interesting why was i putting the brakes on my sweet sunday night what was happening there am i afraid of monday what's going on monday what am i doing why do i want that buzz so it's a complete plan of delay and pray of like oh my and then you invite the lord into it lord show me show me what's happening with my sweet life that you have created for me <laughs> what the heck why am i applying these brakes 
And, um, there's the work and it's all in our thoughts. It's all in our true desires. So good. Yes. So we just, let's end this with just like, give us some great advice, Lisa, on delay and pray and all of the challenges that you have had even in the last year. And you gave me a word at the very end of our coaching together. I was very tired. I was, I was going through so much just like you were, and we were both, you know, tired, I guess, I guess that's the only word for it. And I I remember looking at you, I think it was maybe October, November. And I said, how do you do it, Lisa? How do you do it? And you said, Beth, I'm relentless. And I was like, yes, I'm relentless too. And I had tears and I was like, okay, I'm going to be relentless. I'm just going to be relentless in my business. I'm going to be relentless with Christ. I'm going to be relentless in my delay and pray. I'm going to be just, I'm just going to be relentless and then rest. I'm going to be relentless when I need to be relentless. And I'm going to rest when I need to rest and not necessarily in sugar, flour, and alcohol. And I have kept that word. So your parting comments to us, tell me about relentless. Tell me where you are now. The work is worth it. You know, and, and I, I, my coach often shares with me, it's like, what's the alternative? So if you're not relentless, what's the alternative? And I'm like, I give up. I don't make an impact. I'm overweight. I'm not able to serve my family well. Like that's the alternative. Relentless might not be a word for you that causes a positive emotional response. But for me, it's just like, there is no other option. And I mean that in the best way. I, and and the, worth, the work is worth it. You, perhaps in the beginning, like if you're at the beginning of your journey, if you're listening to this podcast and there, you're, you're just telling yourself, there's no way I can do blank. I'm too tired. I'm too old. I'm too hardheaded. I'm too whatever. Just trust me when I say, when you invite the Lord into your transformation, when you invite yourself to go to this place of deep intimacy with him and you okay it's easy to say trust the lord with all things i think that's something that any catholic with a decent amount of formation can be like okay okay i i can accept that as truth i will trust the lord with all things but it's very different to then actively participate by doing things that are hard so yes. like not drinking, like not overeating, like taking a risk or, or doing something that perhaps to you seems really risky in your business, but then becomes like living and breathing later on. That's the thing. I think, of course, in life, it's only natural when you look at a situation like starting a business, like homeschooling your children, like, I don't know, traveling the world in an RV, whatever it is, whatever the thing is in your heart that you look at and you say there is no flipping way I'm doing that. Like, it's only natural. Your brain, of course, is like, that looks scary and hard. Like, why would I sign myself up for that? But when you can step into that place of the unknown, when you can step into that place of, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but with you, all things are possible. And then you actively participate. This is the part I'm trying to underscore. This active participation. And that's what you teach in Delay and Pray. It's like- Yeah, it's a practical. It's practical application to something that just seems so- like, um, abstract, I guess is the only word I can, it's, you know, religion is amazing and we pray and there's a way 
there's a practical way there is in order to get there in order to stop the sugar, flour, and alcohol consumption. You just got to figure it out. And I think I've tapped the key on, I think I've tapped a little bit into a way to do it. I'm still working on it, by the way. This, this is in its infancy. I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah. And, and you have too. You've just started. We've just only begun. We've just, we've only just, just begun. begun. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite song. That's my theme song by Karen Carpenter. Well, um, you know, it's interesting. Alcohol is a gift from God and so is sugar and flour. We, we just have to make sure that it's rightly ordered and we have to make sure we don't have an over desire for it and we can work on that very easily. And we we're, we're all possibility moms. And thank you for bringing that phrase to me because I, I constantly think about it. I constantly think about it a lot and that, um, yeah, I can offer up my alcohol to God on Monday through Friday and, and I can, I can drink on Saturday nights and Sundays if I want to, but right now it's kind of small and irrelevant in my life. And I just, I keep that thought there until I believe it, until I believe it. We have to almost believe harder than we think. Mm. Woo! I heard that. So <laughs> all oh, kinds of things happening Lisa, in the background of the canning all house. Right, Lisa, be relentless, Lisa, go on and be relentless. <laughs> It's and always so good to spend time with you, Beth. So good talking with you, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, okay, everybody, just go and check out Lisa. Where can they find you, Lisa? Come follow me on Instagram at Lisa Canning. That is where it is the most current. And of course, my website, lisacanning.ca. But Lisa Canning yeah. on Instagram, come and see the adventures of my children. Oh, and yeah. Travel and all the things. You are amazing. And your programs are amazing. And um, I just can't anyone out there, any coaches that need to get their businesses started, um, you know, check out Lisa. She'll she'll help you. She'll coach you through it as well as the practical application of getting you started. So really appreciate you, Lisa. I love you so much. And good luck there in Canada. And you stay in touch with me now. Of course. All right. God bless you. Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. And you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well. Private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. Always.